0: It's kind of a source of pride. Like I'm a climbing dirtbag. That's what I do. How to be single as a dirtbag in COVID, timing your showers. That's rule number one, because you're not taking one every day. And if you know you have a hot date coming up, you better shower within like at least a day before that date.
1: (laughs) The rope is free. What? The rope is Into a crevasse, and I immediately thought I was dead or at least seriously hurt. And my guts had been ripped out of my body and were being contained by my flight suit. I know a mountain lion is on top of me. Welcome to another episode of the Wildertainment Podcast. I am your host, Vince, a former rescue swimmer in the Coast Guard and a Knowles graduate. Today I have none less than the one the only, the insta-whore, the TikTok famous rock climber. If you're in the rock climbing community and you're on social media, which you probably are because you're a douche, then you probably have heard of this young gentleman who just creates very funny content online, basically taking the piss out of rock climbing, which rock climbing has become one of those sports that's really filled with douchebags that take it so seriously. Like, it's a religion. Climbing? Is meant to be serious. You need to have strong fingers and a strong mind. You need to be super serious when you climb. So this guy's taking the piss out of it by making these just hilarious Instagram and TikTok videos. And I got him on the podcast to talk about the ins and out and the intricacies of social media, his dating life as basically a superstar in social media. You know how that's interacted, how's how's dating life as a single guy in COVID. While you're famous online as a climber he's also a dirtbag so we get into the the ins and out of being a dirtbag in the in the rock climbing world dirtbag means you basically a climbing bump you're homeless but you climb a lot of things on a daily basis we're going to talk about the anxiety that is created by social media but before we get into this conversation with this famous influencer please leave a rating review on the apple podcast that way i can become an influencer and influence all of you to listen and that way we can grow this community together in the wild entertainment podcast so leave a rating a review five stars even if you hate it or you love it and uh comment on whatever follow on youtube do all that good stuff and support us for the love of god don't be cheap just go take four seconds of your life and put five stars and fucking review it okay we're also gonna have a plane crash scheduled by i think episode 10 we're gonna have a plane crash survival story so that should be pretty good also, if you're following as a uh, series on the Rescue Storm Mindset podcast, please know that we're gonna cut it off at episode 10. So go ahead and follow Wildertainment on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube for more wilderness entertainment. Without further ado, the one, the only, the famous, the Instagram influencer, the TikTok, TikToker, the one, the only, Beau Martino. Oh, Max! No, thank you so much for coming on the Wilder Team Wednesday podcast. Yeah, thanks, Vince. Thanks for having me. You are the first—I'm going to say—influencer on this podcast. <laughs> I just want well, to see. What uh, you- <laughs> that's a—that's uh, still new to me. That's still so weird
0: to hear. When I meet meet new people and they ask me what do I do, uh, that's one of the. Um, it's a long pause while I decide, okay, am I going to tell them I'm an influencer? Or am I going to tell them I'm a content creator? It's a. I, I haven't figured out my delivery yet.
1: Yeah, what do you go with right now? What's your go-to?
0: Um, usually content creator because, frankly, that sounds less douchey
1: than influencer. <laughs> That's <laughs> why uh, I said influencer. I just <laughs> wanted to see what you would do or how you would react. I just wanted to, yeah. as a tester. <laughs> tester yeah, right, 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 I after. mean...
0: Uh, I'm self-aware enough to know the the persona that the influencer has. And I, it's just not really me. Yeah, so, I hear you. Yeah.
1: Well, like, listen, I'd say, what do you have, like 11,000 on Instagram? I looked as far as followers yeah. and 38,000 on TikTok. And, and for all mm-hmm. of those who are tuning in that aren't in the rock climbing community, uh, Bo here is basically, I'd say the modern day Cedar Wright as far as entertainment and like <laughs> like taking the... At, what do they say in like Australia, like taking the piss out of rock climbing. So basically like very humorous, goofy videos, uh, big on TikTok and big on Instagram right now. And yeah, I'd say that's nothing like 40,000 total followers is nothing to yeah. scoff at, but I don't know about like calling yourself an influencer. I know that most people, even like the million folks on Instagram, they, they don't like that. That word it yeah. just sounds kind of yeah. douchey. Exactly.
0: Yeah. But I'm gonna take that Cedar Wright comparison to the bank. He's great. Yeah. Well, he, let me ask a, you
1: this: Like, do you think is is yeah. there anybody right now that you that is doing kind of goofy climbing videos that you're that's leveling yeah. with you? In a sense,
0: there are a few other people I've found on Instagram or TikTok that are doing funny climbing videos um, to varying degrees of success. Uh, I've laughed. All the people I've found, I've laughed at them. I don't know any of the names off the top of my head. Actually, I follow a few of them but to varying degrees of success. Some of them have thousands of followers, a few thousand, some of them have a hundred or a few hundred, so.
1: Right.
0: But it is, it is a real niche that I kind of fell into.
1: Yeah, and how did you fall into this
0: niche? Well, it started the quarantine last year. So March, uh, I'm, I'm living, well, right now I'm up in Truckee, living here for four months and doing the same last year uh, in a ski lease. We just got six feet of snow and the resorts shut down everybody was stuck at home and everyone was on their phones. And I created, what was it? It was, do you remember last year? Uh, this one guy, the trend of taking a picture of you climbing inside. Yeah. Around your kitchen or something. Yeah, You're hooking on their countertops. Exactly. So the guy I think was like, I don't remember who did it first, but I saw it. And the very next day I did it. And so I was just early and it kind of blew up. I was like, well, that was pretty cool. And then the day after that, so two days into quarantine, I go out on my deck, pretend to ice climb, crawling through snow on my friend videos, pans out, and I'm on my deck. And people loved it. It blew up. And it was crazy to me. But I was thought, wow, this is really cool. Let's see what other funny stuff I could create. So it was it was timing. Everybody was inside. Everyone was on their phone. Everyone was looking for a way to, to not worry about the quarantine. Um, and so there was a lot of luck and, and
1: timing involved, but It was the booming stocks of TikTok, right? Like the stocks <laughs> yeah. were exploding at that time. You could throw out almost anything and, and it was, well, I mean, you needed good content, but it would still right. skyrocket pretty exponentially in yeah. those early stages. Yeah.
0: Yes. I was the, I was buying Bitcoin in 2013 or earlier, uh, but it was 2020. And I was filming videos on my phone.
1: Oh, nice! You still got Bitcoin stocks, or is that how you're Uh, affording this?
0: No, uh, bought, uh, sold, bought, sold. um, Not enough to really get me through this now.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Well, we'll get into the logistics of your your dirt bagging background because that's definitely, I think. It's, it's going to be cool for people that follow you and, and follow all your humor to, to see kind of the behind the scenes as far as mm-hmm. what you're up to and, and the struggles that go behind it. But let's let's get a little background for folks that aren't necessarily in the climbing community as to uh, sure who you are, what you do. Uh, how old are you, by the way?
0: 29, turning 30 in less than a month.
1: Nice. Yeah. Happy yeah. early birthday. Thank you. I'm sure dude, there's so many girls out there that are just wondering, like, what is beau? Bo, which is French for very pretty. Very handsome lad. Um, what is Bo's romantic uh, life like?
0: Um, Bo is also the root of beautiful. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. What is my romantic life? Uh, I am single right now.
1: Single and ready to mingle. Right on. Cool. <laughs> and is that? Would you say is that because of your your lifestyle as far as traveling, being a dirt bag, and the logistics of it?
0: Yeah, I would say so. Um, so before I started this, I was living in San Francisco and had a girlfriend. But life on the road just isn't really, and not only life on the road, but moving around so much isn't really uh, conducive to that. So Mm. I would say that's a major factor.
1: So you're saying when you more or less started this, what, back in March time of last year? You had a Uh, girlfriend?
0: Let me think. Uh, June, June 2020. June 2020 was when I started, what, yeah, 21, yeah, about six months ago seven months ago was when I started living in my car full time.
1: Hmm. And you had a girlfriend for part of that kind of thing.
0: Uh, n- not really late June was the start of the car and late June was also the end of the relationship.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that'll do it. That said, you know, with all your followers and, and such, are you getting blown no. up with, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> say dick pics, but like the, what's the opposite of dick pics? You know, like, well, uh, actually <laughs> this is, this is hilarious. So TikTok. Not so much on
0: Instagram, but TikTok is like no holds barred in the comment section. You want to see some funny comments, go on TikTok and read some of those because there are for every creative video there is in creative video creator, there are people in the comments just like dropping bombs. And on some of them, if it's a good looking dude or like a really uh, suggestive TikTok, the comments are just wilding they're just hilarious and on one of them I just like drinking no there are two of them I'm drinking a beer in one and I'm kind of like sitting back in one and the comment section I felt like I was an Instagram model I felt like think of like an Instagram model and what people are just you are so hot all this stuff people are are just like I've never had that before I've never experienced that before it was uh <laughs> it was funny well, I was laughing some of the comments? so hard uh, it was like a lot of people asking if there's room for two in my car. So I'm living out of a Subaru, a Forester Subaru, a 2006 Forester Subaru. So the body of the Subaru Forester changed in 2009 to be more of an SUV. Back in 2006, it was a hatchback, so not a ton of room. But people are asking if they can if they can be my dirtbag wife, if I like need companionship, if they can come live in my car with me, um, and then some more aggressive ones than that, but yeah they were funny
1: what are some more aggressive ones than that
0: i don't i don't know um let me think oh oh there was one talk so you can't really tell but i've got a mullet um yeah and there's uh someone was saying like uh, a mullet and a mustache oh lord with some uh water droplet emojis <laughs> <laughs> yeah <Yep. laughs>
1: uh yeah, that's, yeah. that's so good yeah wait show off the mullet for the folks tuning in on youtube uh. but I, I do recall you know your video of you showing the tour of your van and you being very specific about being yeah there's no room that there it is <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um you being very specific about the fact that there's no room for two <laughs> no not with that platform <laughs> no and also no, with all uh, your equipment and everything and yeah, yeah. do you have a tool yeah. or are you just everything's in the body in, I've got a Thule as well.
0: Uh, that's where I keep my climbing, the dirty stuff, the climbing gear, the ropes, the yeah. camping gear. Uh, in the car is my clothing, my cooler, snacks, toiletries, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I
1: do the same. I put like all my you know thousands of dollars worth of equipment in the tule and I'm always like, you know, if I, I have insurance, I guess. You, you rob, go ahead, rob it, rob it all you want, but. So yeah. I I do think about it sometimes. I'm like, man, you just have to take the Dooley. <laughs> it's yeah, worth more than the car. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> I also saw on uh, your Nalgene bottles in one of your videos. It had a Knoll sticker. Did you go through that as well?
0: Uh, I did right there. Oh, nice. I went yep. through. Um, I got my woofer Wilderness First Responder December of 2019. Oh nice uh, yeah. I actually quit my job, my tech job. So I, a little background living in San Francisco, I was working in tech, tech sales. And I quit that job in July 2019. So the six months, July 2019, to the end of December 2019, I was kind of bouncing around, going on trips, climbing, and then uh, crashing in San Francisco. So I wasn't fully on the road. I wasn't fully in San Francisco. But in December of that year, that's when I took my NOLS course.
1: Oh, nice. And what, what encouraged you to do that?
0: Well, I figured if I'm out in the back country and it's just my climbing partner and me and something goes wrong, I better have some resemblance of an idea of what to do. Yeah. Uh, because before that, I knew how to put on a Band-Aid, Advil if it hurts, maybe some Tylenol too, but I really wanted to know. I, w- I wanted to be safer. I wanted to have a little bit larger margin of error if something went wrong.
1: Nice. Yeah, I, I completed yeah. mine in... Well, I did a whole outdoor educator course in 2018, like, so, and that's <laughs> like three, three and a half months. And part of that is the woofer as well. Who are your instructors, by the way?
0: It was a former Jackson Hole ski patroller. And then it was a, uh, a guy that lives down in Joshua Tree, former head paramedic of the county down there.
1: That's cool. So anyone tuning in, woo- woofer, as we say, is wilderness first responder. So it's giving first aid. And, you know, I'm personally an EMT. As well, like still nationally certified. The woofers, in a sense, comparable. Uh, it's definitely a quicker course, less in depth as far as like the medical side of things. But it's it's still a very detailed course. And even as an EMT, I learned so much in that Knowles course as to how to operate and how to treat patients. And I think they actually like for us as as EMTs, it's A B C. So airway, breathing, circulation is the first things. But in Knowles, I think it's like A B C D, right or D E. Airway, breathing, circulation uh what's the d decision uh, on on the spine or something like that right and e is extra year ago yeah e is like your decision on the ext- like extrication so yeah, how yeah. are you going to get them out of there um just just that and sell the, the basics i actually right. have
0: my knolls book right here
1: there you go dude <laughs> yeah
0: i use my um my outdoor book so i've got a stack of climbing books and my Knowles book and some over there there are uh table coasters
1: Oh, nice! Because yeah. we don't
0: have actual coasters, but
1: my Knowles experience actually did come in handy once we were in Utah and Moab shortly after the Knowles course, and I'm climbing this climb, just crack, and my the guys I was climbing with come running and they say, "Hey, uh, your friend Melanie, she, she just, she just hurt herself," and I go like, ugh drama <laughs> i yeah. was like what what does she need and they're like no it's for real and i was like all right lower me <laughs> so like i was like climbing this climb i was like lower me i go walk over and yeah it was pretty severe the the knee was swollen she couldn't do any kind of movement whatsoever Ooh. of the the foot and i ended up i was like all right let's do this so i was, <laughs> I had a crew luckily of, of climbers i was like can you get me some sticks like some hefty stick not too big not too small like this diameter long enough like about the length of her leg and yeah i I created a splint by putting two pieces of stick one on the inside of her femur and one on the outside all the way to her hip wrapped it from her hip to her ankle secured the foot and yeah yeah, i used everyone's clothes i was like i know it's a nice puffy i'm we're gonna try not to scratch it but can we wrap it up with it so like everyone gave me their clothes and we had it all wrapped up and she just had a big old tree trunk of of clothes and she was able to walk out on it we didn't even have to carry her because it was so secure she couldn't put any weight on it or move it before but then yeah it was so big and hefty she could just waddle her way down which was like an hour hike for her or whatever but yeah she got that's out a good it. job yeah yeah i was i, yeah. I was happy then I, I don't think i would have had that experience of how to wrap things up. i guess i could have improvised, but yeah you Knowles really teaches you that so that's cool
0: i actually got to use mine once um in a much different scenario, I was riding on the mountain last year, and I gave myself a concussion. And uh, for anyone that hasn't had a concussion, or the way it was described to me, I was acting like I was drunk. So this is after we got I got down the mountain, the ski patroller took me in. They're like doing this stuff. My friend said I was acting like I was drunk, but not with zero loss of motor function. And I was trying to give myself the self-assessment, so I was doing my um, awareness plus orientation, and trying to self self-assess myself. The ski patroller was not thrilled as I later learned. I it, it was just gunking up the
1: the process) <laughs> Yeah, like, it's like a doctor trying to self-diagnose right like when there's a doctor <laughs> treating i'm like shut up <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. but but even worse
0: it was a woofer student or uh, someone that had taken a woofer that thought they could do it
1: for the ski patroller someone that had years of experience <laughs> sit down sit down I, I got this i got i got it i know i know yeah. what i gotta do
0: <laughs> yeah
1: that's funny um let's get back to your TikTok.ing so yeah. I see a lot of your TikToks are like involving your brother or mentioning your brother. And oh, yeah. that one classic is, it seems like he's into sport climbing. So he's like, sport climbing is the purest form of climbing. And then it's that voiceover of, and you and with like trad gear going like, This yeah. is why mom doesn't fucking love fucking you. love you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is why mom doesn't fucking love you. First of all, what's yes. that audio from? Do you know? Couldn't tell you yeah i don't know where these tiktok audios come from. no
0: no and it's it's some of the tiktok audios are longer and you shorten it to what you need that one is like just that i don't know where it comes from yeah um but yeah those have been a lot of fun to film my mom doesn't like cursing especially when it involves me saying that she doesn't love him (laughs) so i get a text every single time i i drop an f-bomb or something um in my videos from my mom saying, "Bo, maybe you should consider not using that sort of language."
1: Oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a cute, a uh, really good video. It was Christmas time. Yeah. Bo's brothers all sport climbed out or decked out, and then, yeah, there's there's Bo like cursing him out. Um, but that that being said, serious question: Do you hate sport climbers slash <laughs> climbing?
0: No, uh, I don't. Um, I don't sport climb often. Uh, Tread climbing is is what I do almost. Up until this year, almost predominantly, like the only thing I did, um, I got a little bit more into sport climbing more recently. And then I spent a month and a half in Bishop bouldering. And I had never bouldered outside before uh, November. And I spent a full month and a half bouldering and pretty fun. Got to say.
1: You'll develop yourself as a much better climber if you boulder. Like you don't really comprehend how much you need to. All right. Sorry. People aren't all climbers. So, bouldering is where you're doing harder movements, I would say, over a boulder. So, it's just a a pretty low to the ground type of climb. So, it it can vary. I mean, there's high balls, they call them, where it does get higher, but typically, what is it, like 10 feet, maybe sometimes 15, whatever. It really requires you to have a focus on your body positioning, but also your core intensity. And that's something I'd say, trad climbing and sport climbing, sometimes you don't always require, especially depending on the. The difficulty of it uh, but right but bouldering really requires you to keep it tight keep it focused you know the way you're positioning your feet your movement if and slightly like the if you turn your hips a specific way you tend to peel off as yeah. they say so fall off fall off and i think it's yeah it's good to have all those realms of climber uh, of climbing to be a successful climber um mm-hmm. but that said bo's mentioning trad climbing so for all those tuning in that aren't Climbers try climb. I, I brought a cam, so if you're tuning on YouTube, uh, nice, nice. <laughs> All right, so this is a cam. You put this in like a crack. This is a big one, so you put it in a crack, and it ex as like a crack will be here, and then as you fall, it'll expand, and the expansion of it pulling down, so you're connected here on a rope. It'll basically secure itself into the wall, and it's very very solid. And then you have another yeah. option, which is more simple. Like the old timers say, that you only use nuts. So nuts are these yeah. little rock things and you slide these into crevices and basically a constriction. So where it, you know, where it kind of funnels, you just slide this thing in, lock it down, and then you again, clip your rope to the bottom of it and then you can fall and it's it's pretty secure. People at first are pretty skeptical of it. But once you start to fall on it, you're like, oh, okay, it works. It works. You got to trust it. So how come you got more into trad climbing? Because I think usually the progression is sport to trad, right?
0: Yeah, it was just what I started out doing. 2015, summer 2015, I had been climbing in a gym and a friend who had been climbing for quite a while invited me to come to Yosemite and climb. And at that point, I don't think I even had my uh, belay card in the gym. So I quickly got that, went out with him. We were in Tuolumne and Trad was just what I learned. So, I, did I even know what? I guess I did know what sport and bouldering were at the time, but trad was just what I did. And he was who was taking me out. So, every time I went out with him, we were just trad climbing. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Bought my first rack. A rack is your set of cams and nuts and other pieces of protection. Uh, I bought my first rack, I think, in 2016. Okay a year into it yeah
1: and that's expensive for all those like tuning in depending if you have like a double rack so two of each that tends to be like uh, depending if you get good deals but it'll it'll tend to be a grand or two so yeah that's pretty cool i'd say that's opposite of the the typical progression and and for those that don't know sport climbing is where somebody's already pre-drilled these hangers so it's like a little eyelet and you clip a draw a draw is just a clip thing clip that clip your rope through it and then it's it's easier cuz you don't have to set your own protection it's already there it's people say it's you know kind of the the walmart of climbing i suppose where <laughs> it, it's 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 ready to go for you uh, yeah. very low logistics
0: i would say it's less mentally taxing yeah. if you're looking at the three of them trad on the spectrum of intensity is the most mentally intense i would think actually some people say bouldering is when you get high enough and you're falling without a rope but for me, trad I think is the most mentally taxing. You're falling on your own gear. Mm. Bouldering is the most powerful. It takes the most strength per se.
1: Yeah.
0: Sport somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah. And and it's interesting because people that mostly boulder will think that sport and trad are the the most mentally taxing. But then folks like us potentially when they go bouldering and they're looking at you know 10 15 foot fall and they don't want to do that onto a pad like a mat. You're like, oh, right. it, to me, this is sketchier, <laughs> you know, it, it <laughs> yeah. really does, does vary. But that said, you know, I, w- I was thinking about that because of your video. You know, this is why mom doesn't fucking love you regarding sport climbers. I've always said about the climbing community, I love the sport. I hate the people because in general, I've often had the vibe of they're freaking nerds. It's just a bunch <laughs> of engineers that are too serious about the sport. They take it so seriously. It doesn't even become like a recreational sport anymore for them, it's like a, a life path, right? Yeah. And recently, I, I started to, to rethink that and I'm thinking maybe from my experience, mostly when I encounter those folks, it tends to be the really strong sport climbers. Like the, the guys that are climbing hard are very smart and intellectual and they often tend to be like engineers I've, I've noticed. And I would say it's not quite the case for trad climbers. Every trad climber I've met out there is kind of like yourself. They like to party. They like to drink. They like to just have a good time in nature on an adventure. Yeah. What, would, what do you think of that? That thought process?
0: Uh, I think in general that the trad climbers do have more of like a, a screw loose They're, I mean, when you think of the climbing, The adventure climbing is all trad climbing. You're not... There aren't bolts up Meru. Um, So the the people that are going out to do trad climbing might have a bit more... A few more screws loose and enjoy some type 2 fun a little bit more. Might be masochists. So yeah, I think they are a little wilder, a little crazier. Um, Sport climbing... Probably for no coincidence, calling it sport is more of like, a, I mean, that's what the competitions are. It's sport climbing. Um, and so it's much more, I think, grade focused. I think it's much more it, it's easier to compare yourself to other people when it comes to sport climbing. So it, mm. it, it lends itself more to that comparison and the, the hardos that are so rigid about everything. Uh, but to be fair, there are definitely some of those in the trad community as well. Um, if you want to go down a dark hole reading some of the the comments on mountain project between El Dorado Canyon climbers from Boulder versus Wyoming climbers, ugh, they just, they go at each other. It's like Yankees, Red Sox. It's, really?
1: What do they say? What's the, oh, it's the rivalry? Like, oh,
0: it, it's grade battling. It's like, it's so soft here. Uh, no, it's not. Go back to El Dorado. It's like, fuck you it's like screw you it's it's just they like they hate each other they interesting for whatever reason yeah
1: from my experience i've always loved the wyoming climbers i thought they were they were out to have a good time versus colorado climbers and oftentimes i've come to find that yeah they're pretty ego-filled out yeah. there you know
0: yeah a lot yeah. of grade battling a lot of should be downgraded oh this is soft this is sandbagged uh, if it's sandbag, go back to your own area and climb there. Chop your own bowl. It's like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, so that's kind of the flaw in the sport of climbing is I don't think there's many other sports out there where it's number based. You know, it's not like a soccer, right, where it's points. But this is really like you identify yourself to a number. So mm-hmm. if you're mountain biking and you're dropping a sick cliff or a gap, or you're doing surfing, sure, you know, there's, there's a size to the wave and how you maneuver it and skiing same, right? You, you look at somebody's style and you're like, that's a really strong skier or the, he dropped yeah. that cliff and came out of it with style. Good, good skier, but climbing it's like, what is your number? What's your number? It's, oh, I've climbed five fourteen. That's, that's who right. I am. And it, that's where it creates a weird and strange dynamic it's, you identify yourself to a digit
0: yeah and it's also subjective because the 514 over there might be different from the 514 over there or for me because i'm not climbing 514 or anywhere close to that it might be a 510 over there is like a 511 or a 59 and and the the range of differences. You know what? Actually, I realized this year, I kind of do have a bone to pick with the number of areas that say they're, that, that claim themselves as old school grading where five, nine was the highest grade. Maybe they are all old school graded, but it seems like every area wants to say that they had old school grading. It's like mm-hmm. a, a source, a source of pride.
1: So what's your bone to pick specifically about that? Like, you you think it should be abolished like all the all those hard 59s that everyone's like okay um
0: no i don't think it they should be abolished i just think they should um i don't know people should be less serious about it all
1: yeah i agree yeah. and that's why i really am excited to have you on this podcast you take the <laughs> piss out of climbing which i is more or less what i try to do as well is take just address the fact that these are recreational sports. You're out there to have fun. Sure, right. you can be super competitive and driven about it, but you're still out yeah. there to have fun. That's the For sure. That's the underlying goal, and and I love watching your videos and you know just like you out there camping. One of my favorites, and I'll play. I'll probably play as the intro of this podcast is you. <laughs> okay. What is it like 6 p.m. at the campfire saying, "All right, I'll have one more beer," and then like yeah. 3 a.m. in the van. <laughs> like that same <laughs> night, like yeah, twenty <laughs> this just yeah, it's uh, it's good to see. And again, like Cedar Wright was kind of the the face of that. And I feel like you got potential for taking it up. You know, I mean, yours are the goofy TikTok, like the the modern day that. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it's. I think it's important for the sport of uh-huh. with all these fucking nerds. Um, Uh, yeah exactly yeah before we get into your dirtbag life and and the the social media of it all yeah yeah let's let's get to understand you a little bit more as a climber uh Mm -hmm. what's your favorite climbing spot
0: favorite climbing spots got to be tuolumne meadows yosemite okay that was the first place i climbed granite love granite it's so
1: much trad climbing um just a ton to do there great routes I haven't been uh, to Yosemite as a climber. I've been there as a hiker um, back in the day. What is, you said Tuolumne Meadows. I haven't been there. Where is that?
0: Yeah, that's, uh, it's higher elevation and a little bit more remote than the valley. So the valley, it's overrun with tourists. It's crowded. You're sitting in like two hour traffic jams. Midsummer when it's the busiest, it's also like, I don't know, 80, 90 degrees or, or warmer. So it's not good climbing weather. Meanwhile, Tuolumne, you've got um, a few thousand feet of elevation on the valley and fewer people, so it's just a dream.
1: Mm, I've heard, I've heard that actually. My friends would recommend that place. Actually, I forgot. Would you say that is even more so? Sandbagged in the climb community means it's yeah. harder than most people would agree. It is. Yeah. So it's somebody's sandbagging you. They're they're lying to you. It's really hard. Would you say it's more right. sandbagged up there than it is in the valley?
0: No, I think the valley is more sandbagged. I think um, like a five nine in the valley will be in general a five nine in the valley would be harder than a five nine in Tuolumne.
1: Gotcha. Cool.
0: Because Yosemite is like quote unquote the home of the the original hard five nine when yeah. that was the hardest grade available.
1: Yeah, I love watching those old climbing videos, like the historic ones where they're just in there. Yeah they're running shoes and the rope, the hemp rope is just tied around their. There's just like literally YouTube videos of like an entire climb. I don't know who's filming it, but they did a great job. And these guys are just like, uh, oftentimes they're British or something. And they're just shooting the shit. And you're you're like looking at the movement of it, like, like, that's actually legit. Like that's not, a, I would be probably a little, with modern day equipment, I would be yeah. focused. And they're just shooting the shit in their shoes, the crappy rope, running it out, running it out means like poor, <laughs> minimal protection in between the spacing of you know however they're protecting it uh and they're just shooting the shit doing like stemming move and and smearing so pressing their foot on a very slippery piece of rock and it's really cool to watch and they're just yeah. going up this multi-pitch and you're like oh. <laughs> different breed what about your and not necessarily yosemite but what is your yeah. favorite climb Favorite
0: climb actually happened uh, this past summer. I spent a good bit of time in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. There's this climb called Caveat Empter. So in in Grand Teton National Park, they don't they give uh, letter grades less or um, they give yeah letter grades less common. So it goes at five ten. I mean, if you drill it down, it's like five ten B slash C, but they call it five ten flat and. It's got four true pitches of 5'10". And uh, the first time I did it, I, uh, the two crux pitches really struggled on them. But then I came back a second time, a few weeks later, cruised the entire route, except, and so now I got to go back and do it because I fell um, on this really grainy, slabby portion where I should have been higher and I wouldn't have had to deal with the granny, but I floated the sections that gave me trouble before that I had to, uh, that I fell on a few times or, or, uh, took on the rope or in one area where I had to pull on gear to get through. Mm -hmm. So the second time through, I just cruised right through it and it felt so good.
1: That's cool. Is it high up in the mountains in the grand Tetons? Yeah, let me
0: think. Um, I mean, it's not grand Teton high, or yeah. even middle teton high but you're still probably climbing at eight eight thousand feet
1: okay yeah i'd say the grand the grand teton is the first time i ever felt altitude not sickness but altitude just the sense of yeah. i was out of breath easier i remember yeah. and, you know i've done uh the diamond in colorado and even at the top there i was pretty like yeah, it's fine i mean it's exposed uh-huh. and it, I, there was thunderstorms and hail and i was scared <laughs> but yeah. i was, it wasn't out of breath i would say from the altitude but the grand which is actually lower than that peak uh, yeah you know it's more hiking so it was more cardio and i yeah. was after a while i was like okay all right i yeah. I, I see you it. i see this altitude uh-huh. so that's cool and how but many pitches around, was that climb
0: that was seven pitches i believe
1: oh yeah that's cool
0: six or seven pitches
1: yeah um what route did i do in the grand i just did yeah i forget the name that that just the cliche one the easiest route Uh, to get to the top Owen spalding that's the one uh my buddy told me just go free solo it and i yeah personally i was like dude that's such a it's such a big mountain out there Uh and i was like i don't know man like i don't know if i want to do this alone (laughs) and he's like i was like what's what's the exposure like so how so rope sole, or sorry, being being alone, uh, free soloing means, yeah, there's no protection. You're doing like Alex Honnold. You're just out there right. alone, and I'm out there. And I was like, what's the exposure like? So how sheer down is it at certain spots? And he goes, it's not that bad. And I was like, uh, but he's a really good climber. I was like, is it not that bad? <laughs> so, so he was sandbagging you is what he was doing. Kind <laughs> of. Not really. It wasn't that bad. But anyway, I, I ended up making the call of now nah, I'm going to. And i had no friends out there i was like i think it was right before my Knowles course so i reached out or after my Knowles course either way i reached out on mountain project to the the community of like the tinder of climbing and i was like anybody you want to go up the grand with me and this guy was really psyched on it and i was like uh, i don't like this i don't like online dating for climbing partners yeah so we we go and he was such a chatty caddy it was like i was doing a podcast with him on the way up and i was like shut up <laughs> <laughs> yeah let me hike in peace yeah well i like to talk but it was just just nothing talking i was like yeah what is, what is happening and a total guide motored him up and you know i did it got to the point where i was doing dangerous things where i was i think we had a 60 meter rope but in mountaineering style you usually keep it short right so you don't because you right. don't want the rope to to swing and hit some rocks and then kill the the guy behind but me I knew he was like taking forever. He he didn't want to move like simul climb. So like climbing together at the same time, he just wanted to pitch it out. And I was like, fuck this. So I just stretched the rope out as far as I always (laughs) could. And I was like, come on, climb. (laughs) Total guide mode him up. And it was funny. Like he he got up and I remember at one point to me, it was very scrambly. So a part where it's steep, the consequences are severe, but it's not to me climbing. It's you climb with your hands and feet, but uh, you're not rock climbing super vertical and i was like all right can we can we just not use the rope anymore and he goes like ah, i'd feel better i was like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> so, so we kept yeah pitching it out and uh, yeah, ultimately i don't know i think i could have done the section probably but yeah who, who's to say i, I feel very comfortable yeah. with the rope so it could have been different doing it without yeah.
0: i was gonna say i had a bad experience um with a partner as well when i was in jackson so i went there alone so for the first half i was on mountain project as well, trying to find people to climb with, and when you're finding these random people on the internet, you don't know anything about them, and so you're trying to like suss out their ability. And there's no judgment on ability. If you can climb, if five eight is your hardest ability or hardest grade you can climb, no judgment. But that's what it is. And so I found this guy wanted to do this route. Um, called Irene Zaret, which goes, with the variations I wanted to do, it goes at 5'10", and the guy said that he could lead 5'9 confidently and follow whatever. Great. So we meet at the parking lot at the 6, hike up, and it's not a short hike. It's a couple hours up to the base of the route, and he's going to lead the first pitch, and it's a five eight five eight 5'8 off with, so um, oh, yeah. a little bit That's of off different. with, so... Uh, but he gets absolutely shut down after one try and doesn't want to give it a second go. So I'm like, all right, fine. Put me on belay. Well, he puts me on belay upside down
1: twice, which is a little scary and nerve wracking. Um, what do you mean? He cl- he puts the belay device in backwards? Oh Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. So I go up. I get through it. It's
0: I mean, it's it's good, but it's um, not the hardest thing I've ever climbed. And so I set up the anchor, and I'm bringing him up, and he's letting out some. Who's the long neck climber? Um,
1: what does that mean? Andre.
0: He's letting out some Andre, some Andre level screams. Um, <laughs> who's the long neck climber? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yep. You sure. should put a picture up when when you uh, do this. You should put a picture up, and and people With will know what I'm what I mean. Up. Yeah. Um, So he's letting out some Andre-level screams on his way up. He gets up and says, like, sorry, dude, but I can't do this. Um, We got to go down. So I said, let's give it 30 minutes. We're in no rush. It's still early in the day. Let's give it 30 minutes. And if you feel after 30 minutes, you're still too tired, you don't think you can finish this, then we'll call it. So we wait a bit, and he says, yeah, can't do it. So had to bail out. And so that was a bummer. And um, there's, like, there's no judgment on his ability level but it is nice when you um when you say when you're honest about what you can climb or hmm. can't climb
1: yeah i'd say from my experience and i've rear i think only maybe twice i've met somebody online but i met him on facebook too so overall maybe a, a handful of times for the majority i've always come to find that they yeah they overvalue their abilities and not just that they have a fear of leading i actually recently climbed with a a guy he was very good climber strong but he was always like at first he was always top roping and he was crushing what i was you know on sighting so i i was sending it uh but it was taking me time and he would just cruise it and i was like oh this guy's got a lot of great skills he's got good body movement i was like cool and yeah it came to this one climb which i had done before and he had not and i was like you want to lead it you want to try to on-site this and he goes and he kind of you could tell how tight he would climb how scared he was and uh, i was like oh yeah interesting and yeah from my experience there's kind of a fear of leading and that person i went up the grand teton in wyoming with here's how i knew like, I do a little research, too, before I actually meet up. I was like, yo, hit me up. Uh, let me see your Instagram or your Facebook or something, right? So, yeah. so he did. We connected. And I looked through his pictures. And, like, one of his most recent pictures said, hashtag lead climbing. And that's <laughs> what I knew I was in for. It. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh. If you're bragging about lead climbing, that's, I mean, you know, it, you're new to it for sure. Yeah, yeah. When I knew
0: the signal, the first, like, uh-oh. This might not be good. Was when um, he was racking up for the first pitch, and was racking up his cams haphazardly. It was like a sling, then a a three, then a then a like point five. So these are all cam sizes, and usually um, you organize them in some fashion so that you know where they are in your harness. Um, but he was it was going all over the place, and I I had never seen that before. So that was my first indicator that something might be up.
1: Yeah. There's definitely a lot of things that there's usually always red flags, you know, in any yeah. sport you, you see. Yeah. Even like skiing, right. I, I took my mom skiing and she's actually a really good skier and she should be better, but just the way she carries her skis. I'm like, Oh mom, come on. You're better than this. Sounds <laughs> like total amateur hour. Like, <laughs> 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 So Yeah. Um, all right. So you told me your, your favorite climb. What about your proudest climb?
0: Proudest climb. Um, uh maybe red tetrahedron uh that's on the incredible hulk which is this magnificent piece of rock on the east side of the sierras in california big jutting granite rock coming out of the mountains a lot of good routes on it but red tetrahedron is uh, probably the most frequently climbed one it's it's mm. got one a uh, it goes at 510 it's got two pitches of 510 but
1: it's really sustained so, uh, just a really good route. I still to date one, one of my, I mean, this was years ago now, but, um, one, one of my biggest fights was, uh, El Matador in devil's tower that like super okay. paralleled, I'll put a picture up on YouTube, a super parallel climb where you're doing a splits. You need to be tall. Honestly, it gets narrower at the top so you can do the splits, but at first it's like a very narrow crack on one side and uh-huh. you should climb that and it's, it's super long route. you like, you, you need to multi-pitch it or have two ropes to get back down because i think it's like a 50 meter 40 or 50 meter climb yeah yeah that one was a, a hefty fight and it was fun because when i got to the top it's one of those where it's the national park and it's like the first thing you really see then the whole national park is just that it's just this big jetting <laughs> thing like a tree trunk of rock in the middle of nowhere and the first thing when people walk in is they see more or less that climb and i get to the top and it's the first time this has ever happened but i get to the top and i Literally, there's cheers and applause like, yeah, I go like, yeah, I, I am God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had an experience like that, too. Um If you ever want
0: to feel like a celebrity, climb Snake Dyke on Half Dome. OK. And you get to the top. So you've got Half Dome like this. If this is the sheer face and then this is the rounded back, it kind of goes up the side. Okay. So not the sheer face, not the back, but the side. And it's easy. It's. 5 7 or something um and there's one move of 5 7 but uh you get to the top and there are all these tourists up there and they they're they're shocked they're like oh my god did you just climb that yeah cheers applause everything you i've never felt cooler in my life than getting to the top and people are just like
1: wow who is this guy (laughs) there's always that great story of alex honnold the the guy that the most renowned climber probably in the world and the guy that climbs without a rope and he's doing one of this revolutionary climbs up uh half dome in in yosemite there and it's a very hard climb and he's struggling for his life very death defying right by like the top so that he can hear the tourists taking pictures up there just having casual conversation he's holding on at the millimeter of his fingertips debating if he's going to do the next move because he doesn't trust whether or not his foot's going to slip and he's going to fall to his death and he decides <laughs> to do it with the compromise that there's like some kind of draw or a bolt or something that he's like if i fall there's a maybe 30 percent chance as i'm falling i can grab this thing and save myself so he decides to do the move and successfully does it and he tops out so he gets to the top of El- or yosemite or half dome and he thinks he's going to be literally jesus of the rock right getting up to the top and he's just expecting like adulations and pictures and everything gets to the top nobody bats an eye because nobody can comprehends that he just came up the face because he doesn't have any climbing equipment he's got nothing nothing jingling and jangling he's just there and people are like oh he's just another tourist that hiked up and he's like a part of him's a little heartbroken he goes damn it so he starts hiking down and he's hiking down barefoot because all he had is his climbing shoes and anybody that's worn climbing shoes knows it's incredibly uncomfortable to hike in so he right. hikes back down this long hike back to the to the valley and on the way people are incredulous as to what you're you're hiking without shoes dude you're gnarly man <laughs> he goes like god
0: <laughs> yeah that's
1: that's funny that's what they're shocked by not that he came up the rock yeah he, that was that yeah. was cool reading that in a I think I read that uh-huh. in a book recently. Um, cool. I, I see that you drink a lot in your TikTok videos. Do you ever drink and climb?
0: Um, not really. No, I can't. I can't really say I have. I mean, after the climb, for sure. Maybe a summit beer, even if the descent isn't going to be too bad. If it's a walk off or something. Oh, actually, all right. So there was one time I was bouldering, um, and bouldering is kind of like the skateboarding of climbing, where you're you're okay. hanging out. Uh, I like to joke that if there aren't um, three beanies, a few DSLRs and a boom box, maybe even some shirtless people, you're not bouldering. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was having some beers then. But when I'm trad climbing, not really. If I'm trad climbing, either it's going to be multi-pitch and like, why am I going to haul beer up? Or I'm in some sort of training mode where I want to be pushing my grade or pushing my ability to get stronger. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's probably definitely a good move. What about marijuana?
0: That being pretty much legal
1: now. No.
0: Um, so I don't even really smoke that much regardless. if I, Well, actually at all. If I do, I get paranoid and don't really enjoy it. So mm. I haven't dabbled in that.
1: I've actually, I, I've done it. Um, I can't say I do it frequently, but I've done it uh, in the past when I was traveling. Because the person I was climbing with, great Australian guy in Australia just a riot and he did a lot and i got involved in it and i can say i was loving it it was mostly sport climbing so it's safe at this point i have enough knowledge that i know i could be pretty fucked up and understand how to clip a rope into this clippy thing like i'm not gonna fuck right. that up yeah so i would do it, and it would really get me in a admiring place of the rock and seeing the beauty and looking at the little pixelations and the, <laughs> just the sparkles in the rock yeah the little crystals and i'm like wow <laughs> and i i really get in tune with with the flow of it and i yeah i was i would say i was on citing some of my best uh. while doing that which i'm not saying it it's for everyone or that's the solution i'm just saying it was a good experience and i wouldn't do it on alcohol though because that's well both both will impede your reactive levels but i think alcohol would probably just make you sloppy yeah but marijuana can eh, just make you calm and smooth which i always say climbing is just yoga on vertical it's not a cool sport it's like it's not impactful yeah. it's not aggressive it's just flowy so i think maybe Uh marijuana is is in line with that in a sense yeah all right last question climbing wise before we move into your fame (laughs) worst climbing predicament you've gotten into um or or your biggest epic
0: well i did have an epic again in jackson we had a 21 hour day doing the north ridge of the grand Mm. we did the glacier approach so that took a while and then you have to climb this climb this step, and it was super icy and wet, and so that took a while. And then we were climbing these chimneys up the North Ridge, and those were really icy, so it just took a while. And then when you summit the Grand, you still have to get all the way out, and that's quite a while. So it took 21 hours, so that was pretty big.
1: Dude, the Grand, though, right? Probably one of the best views I've ever oh, seen. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It, it's it's really cool because it's not 14,000 feet. It's like 13
1: Yeah, it's close. Yeah, 13. 13,
0: It's a rounding error to 14, basically. But it's, it's not like Colorado where you have big mountains everywhere. Like you toss a penny somewhere and you're hitting a 14er. In Wyoming, the grand is just so much bigger than everything. And then you have Jackson Hole, which is a big hole in the ground. And you have Idaho on the other side, which is flat for quite a while. And so when you're on the grand, you just see everything. It's, it's
1: shocking. really cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you can yeah. see the it. contrast of the sky to I don't know it's hard to explain but that just that blue sky and how it the colors change as it mixes with the earth and the sky. And the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's just really pretty. Yeah, I'll throw yeah. some pictures up. What's your scariest climbing moment though like oh shit you fuck something up or something went wrong. Yeah,
0: well luckily the scariest moment I was in no danger. But I was in a party of three climbing at Vedavu, which is really uh, like knobby, sharp rock with a lot of cracks. Kind of, I've heard it, I've never been to Joshua Tree, but if you've been to Joshua Tree, it's um, similar rock as someone has told me. Mm. Um, and uh, so we're in a party of three. The plan is first person leads to the top. Then I follow on one rope and then third person follows on a second rope. And I go up and I clean the gear, meaning I, I pull out all the gear except for one piece at the top, because that's going to act as a directional for the um, for the third partner coming up. Well, he gets halfway, can't get past this like tough 10C fist crack area. And so I lower him to the ground. So we have two ropes at the top now. I, he lowers to the ground and then we pull out his rope up. We have two ropes at the top to wrap down to the the ground we tie those together put them in the wrap rings and the uh the other guy not me uh, starts wrapping down and is like trying to swing across to get that piece of gear that i left in there so he's swinging 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 can't get it lowers down to a ledge then like up climbs gets the gear gets down to the bottom yeah yeah i think you can see where this is going i get up to the bolts and i'm about to to tie into this rappel and my rope um is is next to the knot so you have the two rot, uh ropes conjoined by the knot and my rope next to the knot is sawed in half so if he had swung maybe three or four more times my rope could have snapped and he was going to the bottom uh.
1: yeah yeah like <laughs> that's a risk in climbing that people don't comprehend is <clears throat> climbing is pretty safe and the ropes usually won't break, but when you start swinging those ropes and there's a yeah. sharp ledge, it just becomes like a knife, and it's slowly right. ch- cutting into that rope. Right. Not what you want. A rope
0: can handle a like a refrigerator fall no. falling it, attached to it. Um, they're meant for that. They're not meant for for rubbing against the rock.
1: Well, there's some um, protection in place that the sheath, as they call it, mm-hmm. but it it's only going to do so much because it's a piece of fabric.
0: Right so i had to undo the knot tie it above that and get down and luckily no one was injured but that was uh the closest i think i've ever been with someone where travesty happened
1: i might have a guy on the podcast soon uh that witnessed his buddy fall off of a a rappel i think there wasn't a knot at the end he was he survived like he should actually survive with potentially a concussion but never went to the hospital because he was abroad and didn't want to deal with the medical system uh yeah but yeah, he survived and like a, a significant fall, yeah. like like maybe eighty feet or something. So, but I think it was it's on sand, slight sand, but I mean <laughs> sand's not much. <laughs> no. but yeah, pretty gnarly. Yeah, so be careful of uh, of chasing chafing people. Yeah, cool. Um, all right, let's get into the logistics of you're kind of renowned on on the the social medias as the dirtbag climber, yeah. right? Would you say that the whole dirt bag Climbing movement has grown exponentially over the past couple years.
0: I will say I think so. It's definitely become more in the open. I think van life has contributed a ton to this because, um, with the technology available, you can now live in a van full time and pretty comfortably. Uh, and some people have made it very glamorous, and it's 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 got this appeal to it. So some people wouldn't consider that dirt bagging, but it's it's kind of in the same vein of it. So that's making it much more to the attention of people that aren't necessarily in the climbing community. But I also think that's kind of trickled down, and yeah, I think there are more more dirt bags out there. I think mm-hmm. yeah, there's got to be because climbing is growing. And I think as more people get into climbing, more people are going to want to eschew normal, traditional life and try and climb as much as possible.
1: Yeah. I've often come to find in my like dirtbagging periods, you know, yeah. do, do you feel like it's a pretty selfish endeavor and self-serving?
0: Oh, we're getting into some philosophy here. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it is extremely self-serving. It's um, one of the reasons why I did it was I wanted the freedom. I wanted to be able to do, I wanted to be able to climb full time, but I wanted to have the freedom to be able to do it whenever I wanted. I didn't want to be a weekend warrior anymore. Hmm. Um, And yeah, that's, that's a selfish endeavor. I think things can be selfish without being good or bad i th- I think uh, selfishness can be independent or is independent of morality it's true but yeah i, I think inherently it is a selfish endeavor
1: mm. you're saying it doesn't hurt nor bring any benefit per se to society the world or others right so in a sense it can be viewed as a good thing because you're you're doing what you love, but you're not really hurting or benefiting anybody, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's neither good nor bad. I think you can make it one of those things. I think it's independent
1: of, of that. Because mm. one, of, one of your videos I, I like is, you know, you, you've mentioned your, your, all your friends right now are like just hammering your way at the computer buying homes, right? And I certainly yeah. have friends like that too. And meanwhile, the second part of that video is you. Again, it's all, it'll be on YouTube, but the second part of that video is you kicking it back with a beer and being like, I don't have much, but at least I'm free. <laughs> yeah. I am fucking crazy, but I am free.
0: Yeah, I, I do recognize that I'm extremely fortunate to be able to do that. Not everyone has that opportunity for whatever reason to be able to just like leave a full-time paying job and go live in the car for a while. That's not the reality of most people. So I I recognize that, but I also like to point fun at I kind of like to point fun at myself as well because in that video, yeah, I have friends that are crushing it. They're 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 doing re- really well at work. Uh they're buying homes, they're getting married, they're having kids. They're doing all these things that would normally be viewed as like a really productive and good life. And yeah, sometimes it would be like, right now, I'm draining my savings account, basically. But, you know, I, I, I'm I happy. So, I mean, that's kind of the life goal is to be happy.
1: I agree. Um, oh, but th- then again, I, what's that book that everyone was buying? Like, that it's a self-help book. I think it's called The Secret. It's an orange book. And it says, I think it's The Secret Art of Not Giving a Fuck yeah i read it yeah and i think one of the highlights i had i wish i had it somewhere i don't one of the highlights is like the pursuit of hap. i don't know how they described it but the pursuit of happiness is somehow uh, a glamorized endeavor yeah i was more in depth than that i wish i understood why it said that but it made sense
0: the thing with so was, uh the subtle art of not giving a fuck that's the one the thing that stuck with me from that book was um it's all right not to be happy, not everything you, you, as humans, we like to to put happiness on a pedestal and like glamorize it, and it should be what you're feeling at all times. but um, in reality, that's not the case, and the difference between what you think you're supposed to feel and what you actually feel causes this like internal conflict, and really what it's saying is like it's all right to be sad or unhappy or really most of the time we're neutral. We're not even happy. We're not sad. We're neutral. And if you can accept that sort of lean into it, like when you are sad, feel that sadness, then you're going to be, uh, I don't know, a more satisfied person. At least that's what I took away from it.
1: Thanks for saving me. That's exactly what it said. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going down a rabbit hole of nothing. Totally forgot. it. Yeah. <laughs> that said, how does that make you feel when you see your friends with kids and on the computer, buying homes.
0: Yeah. It's a different life path. Um, I'm happy for them. In a different reality, I could have seen myself doing that. But again, I want to caveat this with I recognize that I'm extremely fortunate, especially with the greater view, everything going on in the world, the, the pandemic. But the last year was incredible for me. It was like fantastic. I've never felt more free. I got to climb all the time. That was really good. And If I stayed at my job and kept working instead of quitting, yeah, I'd have uh, a lot more money in my bank account. I'd definitely still be climbing, but I wouldn't have started making videos. And my passion now is, (laughs) to be honest with you, my passion is actually the video editing. It's not even the filming part. It's the video editing. That's really fun for me. I'm I'm a horrible actor. I take, I, it takes me so many takes to get a good cut of, um, or something I'm satisfied with. Like even, even the, uh, this is why mom doesn't fucking love you. Even that, I, that's the third video with that exact audio we've made. Even with that, I need to do like six or seven cuts to, to get something I like. It's not just S- six or seven time. takes takes. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to get it. So, nice. I mean, I, I found something in, in all this quitting my job that I really enjoy. And, uh, so I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm thankful for that.
1: That's my passion too, is, uh, video creation. That said, I think I understand how I want something edited. I, I know how pretty much to do it, but I think the editing part of it, I think could be so, especially when you, when you're doing like longer videos, like I, I'm working on a couple of shorts. First of all, I get super perfectionist on it and uh-huh. it's. I don't know, it's too much screen time. It's like yeah. it's it's crazy. And that's why I would love to just eventually the dream is to get down like more the direction route of things like being being the director, being in the editing room explaining what you desire out of the, the end yeah. product, but not quite pushing the buttons and making those micro adjustments cuz it's it's like the coding of video, if you will, right? That's what I call it. Yeah. You're you're coding, you're making your video like perfect the timing of it, everything. It's it's uh-huh. cool, and by the end, you're usually proud of your your result. What do you use anyway wow. to edit? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
0: don't. I do everything on my phone. It's called uh, uh, Splice. It's oh, an app I use on my phone. That hard to
1: do. Like you just like yeah.
0: it is. It does get tedious, but I actually saw some TikTok. Some creator on TikTok was saying how she makes her TikTok videos, and she doesn't edit on TikTok usually. She she uses this app, so I got it. And uh, for what I need, I'm not doing like, i think the longest video I've made is three to five minutes. So I'm not editing a ton of footage. And for that, it's worked.
1: I liked your video of trying to get like the fastest ascent of what is it, the <laughs> second flat iron in Colorado.
0: I don't even remember. what I think it's the second,
1: the easiest one. Yeah, I think that's the second one. The one where there's like a jump, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's pretty funny. And and you're just drinking beer like through it. And it's like totally the the record for that. First of all, my buddy who's a trail runner, my partner in the Rescue Storm mindset. Speaking of which, this podcast is not going to be on that platform soon. So follow Will Entertainment. But anyway, Cody. Is a really good trail runner, and I, I don't know his time, yeah. but it's ridiculous. But yeah, I loved that you were saying, like, dude, I cruised it with a with beers, killed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. The, the people, um, because in that video, you know, it's a pretty public spot, and the end of the trail, you know, where it starts it starts at like a pretty public spot, and then yeah. the end of the same spot where people kind of looking at you, like, who's this obnoxious <laughs> fuck with a beer and like filming a video. <laughs> People were definitely amused or like, what's going on? Because again, for that,
0: I had to do multiple takes. And so every time you see me sprinting, I either had to um, go set up my phone, walk back and then sprint or like set up my phone, sprint away, walk back, get it and, and so on. And so for the first scene and the coming, ending the run, I was right there at the trash cans uh, with people around set the camera up on the, tr- on the trash can um, with like this tiny stand and uh, running away, like starting the run. That was no big deal. Uh, kind of people moved out of the way. But then to finish it, I was like setting it up on the trash can. There was this group of dudes who uh, were watching me. And I think I had actually passed them. And they were laughing that I was drinking a beer sprinting. And one of the guys, they were like, asked me what I was doing. And I kind of explained, yeah, I create funny videos. I'm, I'm doing this thing with the flat iron. And they said, oh, well, can we help? I said, yeah, definitely. So I gave him a line. So the the um, I, I come in, I sprint in, I'm tired. I say uh, like my time, an hour and 40 minutes. Hey, do you know the, the FKT for the second flat iron? And I told the guy, just say, yeah, it's 22 minutes or whatever it was. And he ad-libbed a few things as well, which was great. It worked out perfect. Hour 40, uh, 46. You know the FKT for the second? Yeah, it's, uh, it's about 26 minutes. 26? 26. You gotta be shooting me. No, nah, man. He, uh, he really sold his part, but it was just a guy I grabbed off the side of the sidewalk
1: and told him what to say <laughs> that's so good i love that video that was a longer one right more or less like yeah but yeah that was uh three or four minutes yeah yeah are you on youtube no
0: i'm not i that's on the to-do list mm-hmm. start a youtube page
1: well you can certainly share some of these and i'll, I'll put the clips up uh, for those yeah that's pretty yeah. cool back in the day I, I was doing the first liner which tends to be a, a kind of a more significant solo i think it goes up it just goes at five six but it's pretty heady five, six slab in my opinion, especially when you break it down into like you, after a while you you need to just do it in trail runners or approach use. I was just doing an approaches back in the day. And yeah, my goal was to get it under an hour, which I thought was significant. And I, yeah, Yeah. I got it in like 58 or something like that, or not, not by much, you know, like 57, something like that. I forget what it was, but that, that was a fun mission. And that's, that's huge. in that community in Colorado is kind of climb fast. Yeah. The flat iron times. Yeah. And I believe the actual record for that is I want to say like 30 or 28 or something like that. Crazy. Like, I don't understand. He's like, he's probably not using his hands on the climb or something. It's it's ridiculous. Running up it. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I actually had a, a little bit of a hard time finding the actual FKT for the second flat iron. To be honest, I don't even know if I, the number I said in the video is accurate because the second flat iron is so easy. No one, it's like not a record people really go for. And so I grabbed that number from a comment of a guy saying, oh, yeah, I think somebody did it in this. And that's what I went with.
1: No, I I think I think it is something that's done quite often, actually. Oh Really? Yeah, I think it's actually a big to do. And it's the reason it is such a big thing is because it's easier. Like, it's not really that climbing. It's more like aggressive hiking, scrambling, as they say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to look. I don't know. I can't find it right now, but. Yeah, my buddy it'd be interesting to see what my buddy did it at. Yeah. Cool. And so in your videos, let's get into the, the, your dirtbagginess and the fact that you're not yeah. in a fancy van lifer van with mm-hmm. the fancy shower and the freaking little oven you have. You're living in a tiny 2006 Subaru. So, yes. You know, in one of your videos, you're you could see you don't have much headroom. <laughs> I was <It's like> love- <laughs> 6 inches of headroom. I love that when you're explaining it, you're giving the tour, you're like, you know, a lot of people are like, what do you bonk your head as soon as you get up yeah. in the morning? Then yeah. you're like, no, it's not a fucking cartoon. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's not like people think like when you wake up, I don't know who does this, but when you wake up, you just like immediately sit up. <laughs> <laughs> so those were some of the TikTok comments I did. Um, on one of the videos that blew up on TikTok, I'm like in my platform, in my bed, in my car. And they're like, get out and do the video. And a ton of comments were like, how do you not hit your head every morning? It's like, well, I'm not a fucking idiot. I don't slam my head. It's like, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's about six inches of headroom. And I've got this, um, so it is a 2006 car, but it was like the the top uh, trim model or whatever. So it's got this really big sun moon roof that slides all the way back so that the second row of seats has almost all, is, is almost totally below this sun moon roof. Yep. And so by sliding that back, I give myself an extra inch or two. And that makes a big, a really big difference.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love you, buddy. <laughs> it's so good dude. my extra yeah. inch or two. You need the, you need the expansion pack on this. 2006 <laughs> Subaru. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, being 29, do you get like aches and pains as far as being in such a, tight quarter type living space or sleeping space
0: thankfully no i'm a pretty flexible guy so that's probably gotta do something with it but no no aches and pains i am going to if i if i live out again in the summer spring and summer which i'm hoping to i'm going to remake the platform so it's a little bit lower so it'll give me more um even more room maybe another two inches like we'll take what we can get (laughs) Um <laughs> uh, but but at the start of the season I had this like 4 or 5 inch thick really plush car camping sleeping pad and it was great slept like a baby and then uh it got a hole in it and I sent it away to the um to the brand for a warranty exchange but it turned out that this so when did I send away like October I sent it away in October and I learned after I sent it away that they were out of stock, so I couldn't get a new one. And they're not restocking until March this year. Mm. So I had to spend the rest of uh, my
1: time in the car
0: on this ultralight backpacking sleeping pad. And that was a little little rougher.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, that reminds me of a great story as far as returning. A, mine was a Thermarest sleeping pad. And I took it mm-hmm. through Knolls, and it was, you know, a rugged three months at knolls of camping on it and in the deserts the rocks whatever and it, it it popped and i was trying to repair it but by the end it wasn't really holding up and i needed a new one like asap for some kind of expedition <clears throat> and i contact the guy from Thermarest, and i go hey can you return can you give me like a new one like this one went to shit and i only used it three months which is true um yeah aggressive and he's like yeah uh but you need to go through like the this the process of returning it and stuff and and like sending it in and we'll evaluate it i was like dude i don't have time i got an expedition like two weeks and he goes well i don't know what to tell you so i'm like how about this how about i send you a video of the issue so you can really analyze it and dude the second you tell me like i'm gonna make a video it's not just gonna be a fucking (laughs) hold your phone video it's gonna be edited so i'm like oh here we go i'm gonna i'm i need to make this entertaining for this guy so i and I'll try to throw it up on YouTube, and it's freaking hilarious. I did. I went on this like Google site of the Star Wars credits, and there's yeah. a thing, and you can you can write your text in the Star Wars format, and it'll blow uh-huh. it up—the stars, the font, the yellow, and like how it like trails away. And it was basically the entire story of this Thermorest's life and how it just fell apart in front of me. And not threatening to go after Thermorest, but basically saying like. I don't want to say bad things about Thermarest. I love Thermarest. I want to tell people it's amazing, and like, but it was basically saying like, "Yo, hook it up," because, because I'm I'm out there and you yeah, know, I got got a big audience, and you don't want me saying that your Thermarest pop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it goes into me showing the hole in like a bathtub with the bubbles, and it was like the Indiana <laughs> Jones music or something. <laughs> Uh, and he immediately yeah. sent me a new Therm-a-Rest. I was like, nailed it. <laughs> you got it done. <laughs> yeah, I got it done, but spent like three hours editing a video for just a Therm-a-Rest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: That's yeah. what my uh, sleeping the ultralight one was. It's a, a Thermarest. Yeah, the crinkly one, like the yellow crinkly one. Every time you move, it sounds like you're sleeping on a uh, plastic bag. Super yeah. light. Love for the backcountry. Sleeping
1: in my car. Not so much. Mm. Not as good. <laughs> so as far as the logistics of being a dirtbag. Yeah. You know, you ever park somewhere where you get woken up in the middle of the night or morning going like, hey, hey, buddy, can't can't park here. Can't sleep here. I have been lucky enough not to have that
0: happen. I've parked in some funny places like for the in Jackson. I was sleeping in the, in the back of the Safeway parking lot. So I'd wake up at like, I don't know, eight o'clock and people are packing their groceries right in next to me. And at that time I, um, I had, uh, that like silver insulating material that people will put in their windows to yeah. either keep heat in, yep. but I had a roll of that. And I was just too lazy to cut it out and fit all the windows. So I had like, I had my front windshield and I had two panels. And so like, I move my snack box over in front of a window. I'd like cover most of the windows, but like, it was very visible, so I'd wake up at eight o'clock in the morning with a family getting out of their car next to me, like looking at this dude sleeping in his car in the back of a Safeway parking lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think I've slept in that exact same parking lot or some other one in Jackson.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I guess it's not Safeway in Jackson; it's um the Safeway partner yeah. store.
1: Yeah, but yeah, like, and those are the moments I personally, I'm like, I am homeless. Like, I have a car. <laughs> but I don't smell good and these people are normal folks and I, I am homeless. And that's like when I start to reevaluate myself, like, damn, that's when the societal instinct of why don't you do normal things and have a job. And like, you know, I think at that time I was going through school. So, you know, I had, I had things going on, but it was, you know, it was a vacation, but even in those vacation times, I don't know. To me, it just gets in my head and I can't, separate it from what society drills into you as far as what's appropriate and what's not, you know, I just, I, I, I I like, I, I become like a rat. I'm like, don't look at me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. How do you you handle it? You just own it Uh, with humor. Yeah.
0: You got to own it. You got to just be like, yep. I'm here. I am. I'm sleeping in my car. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's kind of a source of pride. Like I'm a climbing dirt bag. I, that's what I
1: do. I like it. And yeah. I think that is the best way to approach it is with humor. And anytime you own, I think, anything in life, people tend to respect it. It's the second you start to do, like I just said, like, I don't, I can't, I don't feel comfortable. That's when people will just destroy you and right. hop on that bandwagon. But if you're like, yo, come at me. This is what it is. You can say whatever you want. This is what it is. And check it out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I wear long johns and- to sleep and they smell <laughs> not good. What's up?
0: Yep. And I do it for myself. This is for me. However, the number of people that either told me in person or commented, this is what I want. You're living my dream. Like someone else saying you are living my dream. Just all this stuff about wanting to do it and not not doing it for whatever reason, whether it's it's um, ability or uh, fear. It's rewarding isn't the right word, but it's, I mean, I'm happy. I, I, I'm glad I took that leap because at times it is scary. At times it's like, I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight. I just checked my bank account. It's going down as usual. I, I, I don't have income. Well, I guess I do a little, we can get into that. But I left this secure job, but it's a trade-off and the trade-off is freedom and it's climbing.
1: You said we'll get into income. Let's get into it. What's, yeah, yeah what's sure. your What's your add in income?
0: So uh, that's a common question I get uh, a lot. Like, how, how do you do this? Um, it's a mix of savings. I've got a part-time job helping out a friend's company and that I can do remotely on my computer. Mm. And then, which is the coolest part, I've recently started making money filming videos, creating the content. That's the dream right there. If I can do that, then uh, and make it sustainable then i can do this indefinitely until my Dude, body that is out. the
1: dream that is the dream <laughs> you don't you don't even need your body You're like at the point where your body gives out then you can you at that point you could have just molded into something else it doesn't yeah, matter yeah for sure well that's cool so how do you start making money um is it tiktok money what kind of money is it
0: it's uh we came through instagram so a, a brand I don't want to say the brand yet. Okay. Actually, it's a brand, and yeah, it's a brand. Um, They reached out to me. We had gone back and forth on Instagram DMs, good relationship, chatting. Um, They had uh, reposted some stuff. And then they emailed me their head of influencer social marketing, something like that, that position emailed me and said, um, the whole team loves your videos. Uh, We love reposting them, but we feel that creators should be compensated for what they do. Um, And we understand that reposting your videos does bring you eyeballs, but we think it's fair that you're compensated accordingly as well. So let's get on the phone and talk about how we can make that work. So we talked on the phone and uh, ended up coming up with a a deal, a contract to create some funny videos in line with everything else I've been creating. So I still have creative control to, uh, and they're going to pay me for it.
1: Hell yeah. So when is that going to get started?
0: It's been going on. Um, I'm hoping that the videos will be posted this winter. Cool. Hopefully in February.
1: Now, would this be videos based around this say product or whatever, or would it be, uh, what do you call it in film when they, you know, drop, you know, you're wearing something or whatnot. Oh, like
0: product placement. That's the um, one. The great thing about this is like this, if every, this is my first um real contract I've had. And if every contract was like this, I think I'd, it's, it would be perfect because they let me retain complete creative control. I'm not pushing a product. I'm not pushing, Go to them and buy. I'm just creating funny, lighthearted content, which is what they said they wanted in the uh, uncertain and like scary time of a pandemic mm. of, of uncertainty. And
1: So what you're you're creating a video and you're just giving it to them basically to, to post. Is that what it is?
0: Yeah. Oh, cool. Filming some videos for them. They'll post it. I'll post it at the same time. But it's um, like content
1: for them oh that's really cool dude that's inspiring yeah. that's kind of what i yeah. want to do. yeah that's, that's it's a dream i gotta get after it. here's my problem i'm a perfectionist i don't post as often as i should also i don't think this whole social media i think sometimes you can fall into the the pit of that but yeah. i think I, I need to let loose of the reins and start throwing what i have out there because i got some i got some gems too i think you know yeah yeah lose. i'm just i'm just i'll, I'll over edit it or fucking never get around to posting it you know i think i i'm inspired by you bo um i think i think that's really cool and i think you know what you got like eleven thousand followers on instagram which is not that much i'd say in Mm -mm. today's era but it's significant and already getting hit up by a brand wanting to pay you to do what you do that's a that's a dream for me as well yeah it's really cool
0: yeah happy about it
1: was it this was recently like when you were still in the eleven thousand followers range on instagram or
0: yeah it, it was um we started talking in late fall. So whatever I was at around then. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's that's really cool. That's inspiring. And that's yeah. why I think it's really cool to have you on the podcast is because you are unique. You are delivering a product, yeah, it's not product, but content, if you will, or fun entertainment, wildertainment, if you will, on yeah. your platform and you're you're getting people I don't know you're just taking the piss out of out of the sport of climbing which is so needed everything's inspirational it's all Instagram quotes like ah I climbed this and I went through the journey of the grade and I don't care I just don't care all the climbing video not all but like a lot on YouTube you're like beautiful cinematography well done but the premise the underlying script if you will is inspirational and i'm like dude i don't need to be motivated about climbing like yeah dude yeah you get after climbing that's what you do like oh right sure some people have more inspirational journeys than others but like it's getting redundant is what i'm saying and i think it's really cool and i bet you down the road if this works out for you you'll you'll probably get into making some maybe some longer shorts you know um for for brands and stuff so and hopefully down the road we can maybe team up and and work on that too together you know that would be be great Yeah. If the borders ever open up again.
0: Yeah. One of the fun ones, sort of poking fun ones to film, poking fun at this whole seriousness wasn't even about climbing. It was about the dirtbag skincare routine because you always see these influences. Like, I get so many questions about my skincare routine. So I thought I'd share. It was like, are people really asking about your skincare routine? Do people really care (laughs) that much about it? It's like, give me a break. So I was like, well, I'm an influencer now. I gotta do it. <laughs> so I released my um, my skincare routine, which involved uh, washing my face with a wipe and then saving it for later because they're multi-use. Exfoliating with dirt and then moisturizing with sunscreen.
1: <laughs> and the pickles at the end, dude. To top it <laughs> the <off>. pickles. <laughs> I'll I'll put pl- I'll put that on a uh, I'll put that on YouTube too. It's so good, so good. I just showed that to uh, my friend here, and yeah, it was it was beautiful i loved it yeah uh, taking yeah. the piss out of it once again right now yeah you brought up covid what is the whole dirtbag movement like in coven like i'm not the covid police here what are, are yeah people pretty taking precautions or you know since you're in the outdoors world they're kind of like fuck it
0: yeah um well we're never really hanging out indoors and all things equal indoors versus outdoors indoors is a lot more um Dangerous. Is that the word? It's more likely to spread. So I think there's kind of like a a, a relaxed idea around it in the dirtbag community. With respect to the community you're in, there's a lot of of safety measures. Like when, when I was climbing in Bishop, we were trying to be as respectful as possible of the town of Bishop. Um, like not going into town or or trying to go into town as infrequently as possible, wearing masks, doing all of that. But then we sort of had our own pod of people all camping together. And yeah, we were around each other, but I mean, we were outside. So I I would say we were not staying strictly six feet apart and no one was really like thinking about, uh, it didn't seem like anyone was super COVID was top of mind. We were just out there so i for me at least if i'm outside and i'm not sharing a bottle or anything i felt pretty comfortable with it
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i i agree like if you're buying campfire i mean campfire you're not you're typically not even sitting next like that close to each other either anyway but what about like right. you know that one video of like you pumping like fist pumping in the band like do you guys occasionally hang out in a band like like after a while like a- being in the same group people don't show symptoms i don't know whatever
0: yeah let me think um so that was a friend's van and that was just i hopped in there there were times where we would like maybe two or three people would be in a van and the rest would be kind of huddled around the open outside doors yeah we did throw a party for thanksgiving that was a lot of fun but even then we weren't really in the van partying we're just having a dance party outside we had to be moving because it was so freaking cold Mm. so we're just all outside moving
1: around yeah yeah and back to the single life how does that work because like you know (laughs) i I haven't been like single in the whole covid thing like how did that work you know you gotta (laughs) i was gonna say you gotta get some bacon i don't know what that means but you know like how
0: does that work uh how does it work how does being single work as a dirtbag in covid
1: that's the way yeah that's the question
0: Let's see. Well, it's a lot easier if your partner is also a dirt bag, because then you just have an understanding about cleanliness or lack thereof. Um, Because I was going a week plus without a shower. Mm. Thankfully, well, at least in the fall, thankfully it was cold enough that wasn't sweating a ton. But in the summer, it was uh, warmer, and yeah, things were getting really stinky you know uh you try and time your showers that was how to be single as a dirtbag in covid timing your showers that's rule number one because you're not taking one every day and if you know you have a hot date coming up you better shower within like at
1: least a day before that date yeah one of my moves back in in australia or something in my dirtbag time um yeah i was like oh shit this is going down and i was like it's a wet wipe bathroom time because there was no showers (laughs) yeah so i wet wiped everything head to toe yeah and yeah i felt felt quite quite cleaner to be fair but yeah there was no shower so
0: in jackson it was a lot of jumping into a cold stream and just kind of like wiping yourself with your hand trying to which i think might be better than a wet wipe because at least like the dirt washes away instead of like smearing it around Mm. um but again, it's not perfect.
1: (laughs) Does it ever get so cold that you're like, it's not worth hooking up? It's not worth it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) There was a night in, um, there were some cold nights in Bishop where uh, it was dropping down into the teens or or single digits that night. And that was pretty dang cold.
1: Mm. Well, at that point, you you want somebody you like to, share warmth with you know
0: some body warmth yeah Yeah. bishop also had a fire ban so sun was setting by five so at five o'clock everyone was in their own cars there was no really five or six o'clock there was no fire so we didn't want to stand outside unless we were dancing around so nights ended pretty early
1: so like when 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 was your last like dirt bag expedition if you will because right now you're in a home yeah
0: november uh i think like november 6th or so until December 14th.
1: And when do you plan on going back out?
0: Well, my lease here is up May 8th. And things go well May 9th. San Francisco is still kind of a loose home base. I've got a storage unit there. Mm. And that's where a lot of my friends are. So I might go back there first. But then, I don't know, maybe I'll uh, try and get into the valley in the spring before the crowds come and the temperatures get too warm.
1: Yeah. So you've done a lot of big walling?
0: No, no. No big walling. Um, wanted to do the nose this summer before um, we had planned, one of my climbing partners and I. Uh, but then the smoke completely canceled that. Yeah. When, um, I think this was October when the smoke was just covering California.
1: Dude, the nose. That must be a freaking journey. Damn. Yeah. 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 You know what I just did? What'd you do? I was like sad. I just had a breakup here. I've been pretty bummed out about it. You brought cheer into my life, but Ooh. I... <laughs> We had, I had a pack with the girlfriend of climbing the chief and we, we kept putting it off and we tried once and we're not successful. Like, you know, to be fair, she, she's a boulder She's she never like crack climbed or multi pitch. So, you know, it was a definitely a big mission. The chief is like 900 feet here in Squamish. Uh, so we tried that and ended up breaking up. So I never did the chief, but I've been here and kept looking at this beautiful piece of granite just this whole time. It's so pretty beautiful. The sunrise sunset yeah. and it just like, yeah just kills me right every time i'm like god damn it i've never been up there so a couple days ago i I went up and uh my friend was like (laughs) he goes like you're gonna free solo and i was like i'm not that sad (laughs) 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 and uh i was like no i'm a i'm a lead rope solo which is just another journey in itself and so I spent like only two hours one afternoon trying this thing out. Like, you know, the system of lead rope soloing. So it's like with a catch, a cache, do you call it? So you got a little extra loop through a, yeah. a micro traction, And so it's like a little blocking device. And then you have it running through the grigree. So grigree is basically what's catching you. But you have an anchor at the bottom. Then, yeah, I basically just practiced for two hours. And then like the next day, I was like, fuck it. I know it's going to take forever. I'll figure it out. And I set off at like 3 a.m took me yes. 16 hours to do this because what Whoa. you have to do right you got to climb it cut your rappel back down climb it again and repeat the process so in a sense you're ascending and descending this 900 foot cliff yeah three times Dang. and so yeah it took me like all day i was super exhausted everything was Holy broken cow. but you know that that was my own fun el capi type journey i'm <laughs> just like yeah a <laughs> real little suffer manager. fest yeah it was more like it was more like the endurance of it right like i, I was pretty bummed still and like i I can't say I was like super psyched and like driven to get good time. I was just like right. just doing it. And like it was, it was a good meditative getting it done process. And I was like, I'll get nice. it started raining by the end. And I was like, Yep, <laughs> it's, it's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what really cheered me up is I was on this 10 C part last like last pitch is the hardest pitch. And it was, you know, everything was soaked. And uh, I was like, dude, it'd be cool if I could. You know, free because it was free climbing the whole thing, not yeah. aid. So I was like, it'd be cool if I could send this. And I tried pretty hard, but you know, my body was so broken at this point. Everything is wet. I'm cold. It's like winter, you know, again. I'm, <laughs> I'm like freezing. I go up and I'm like just working it. And, you know, this whole system drags you down, like if you don't have it dialed right and like it was yeah. dragging me down. I'm like, ah, come on. <laughs> and sure enough, I was like, dude, I'm gonna fall and you don't trust it right that much for the whipper. And I just like, I like down climbed like, like, <laughs> like in fear and tried to grab like, this purple cam and like, it yeah. slipped out of, cause it was wet, it slipped out of my yeah. hands. I was like, no, <laughs> like thinking the is not going to hold. But true enough, like I like scratched down the wall and like it catches on like, oh, thank God. And like, that was the highlight of the day. you just going like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, just getting that out. Yeah. yeah. That adrenaline yeah. rush. Yeah. And then I had to aid climb out of that and that was a nightmare just like finishing Mm -hmm. the pitch (laughs) Mm -hmm. because once you start aid climbing aid climbing is using the protection uh to ascend and that becomes a nightmare in itself but yeah 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 i don't know it's those little journeys that make the sport pretty cool and that's that's why i say like i don't think you need to take climbing so seriously it's just having your own things that you're excited about and you get it done you know
0: yeah Yeah. beautiful
1: sport so let's let's just talk about uh, social media now. What's what's your okay. first TikTok or Instagram? I don't know where you started. Like first funny video.
0: Oh, the first funny video was. Um, so I didn't start doing TikTok until at least like a month or so into the video stuff. But the first funny video I filmed was the um, like the fake ice climbing one where I was out on the deck right. um, with my ice axe oh. pretending to. Pick my way through the snow
1: that one was good yeah 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 whoever was holding the camera did a pretty good job at stabilizing it and turning it perfectly yeah yeah i like the part where you're gonna stab into the barbecue (laughs) like yeah yeah. that was good (laughs) i uh
0: i kind of gave him like told him what i was doing i told him what to pan out but he did a better job than i would have thought yeah
1: yeah it looked really good and i liked you did that that uh premise of video for a couple of them and they look pretty realistic, like where, you know, you're just laying down on the rock on something uh-huh. that looks really like hard to climb. And yeah, yeah it pans out. You're like, yeah, like you could kind of know that that's what's going to happen. But you're also like, that looks pretty real. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And so like how quickly did that blow up? Because, yeah, you're at like, what is it, 38,000 or something um, followers on yeah. TikTok? How quickly did that expand? Um hmm,
0: TikTok was slow, TikTok was like slow, 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 and then just shot. Um, Instagram, it was kind of like immediately going north when the the climbing inside and that um, video of the ice climbing, those just took off and um, I kind of like didn't look back. TikTok, TikTok was so hard to get started. It was like, I had no idea what I was doing, there's not a super big climbing community on TikTok. So all these videos that had done so well on Instagram, I was just moving them over and they were in TikTok terms flopping. I was like, I don't know what these Gen Z kids want because that's that's who's on it. It's like Gen Z, like throw me a bone. What do you want? And also I had like 10 followers or 100 followers and you're we trying to go viral with 100 followers. It's so hard because you need something to like some seed to start it. So yeah, that was interesting. And then I had a few that blew up. I was like, "Whoa, this is!" I have a video on TikTok that has two point three million views. Whoa, which, which one's that? Uh, that's the dancing one. That's like the the around the campfire and then fist pumping. And um, TikTok is just so much more geared towards virality than Instagram. Um, uh, a view on uh, a follower on TikTok to a follower on Instagram, it's not one to one. I don't know what the ratio is. Maybe it's like four followers on TikTok is one follower on Instagram.
1: Wait, how so? Why Why is
0: that? I can't figure it out, but it's just like, you're so much more likely to, it's so much easier to blast through content on TikTok. You're just like in this scrolling hole of, of going through. And it's, I think the, the culture of TikTok is much more like more informal than Instagram. So I think that lends to just consuming a lot more and liking It's so much less. Uh, Admin. Yeah. And, and, and um, the production value is less. It's not as like, like you go to some of these, these um, influencers on Instagram and their whole feed is, is the same color palette and everything is tied together tiktok it's a free-for-all and so i think those that has something to do with it but um 2.3 million views on one video that is and that's not even really that's a lot but there are some videos on tiktok that get 100 hundreds of million views and
1: that's hard to wrap your head around i don't know man 2.3, 2, is, I, a I lot for me. 2.3 is a shitload i haven't actually seen that many videos and i've seen a lot in the millions but like i haven't seen in my feed on there a hundred million I, never, I don't think i've ever seen that that's crazy um yeah. yeah that's really cool man um what about like the cons of social media you know we, we talk about all the pros you're taking the piss out of it you're making climbing fun yeah. again what any cons? I feel like there's some climbing haters out there. They're like, you're not taking it seriously enough. Any? Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the cons?
0: I haven't had any super negative comments yet or DMs, which I'm happy about. Maybe I'll get those eventually. Hopefully not. It would be great if everyone uh, that wanted to say something negative just didn't and kept going with their life because it takes zero effort to do that. But. Um, so that's that's like one of the the common negatives of social media that I haven't experienced yet. Uh, what I have experienced is sort of getting sucked into it. When I meet people that say they're not on social media, I'm like, you are a good for you. You are probably living, you're probably more satisfied. You probably have less, I don't know, anxiety. You You care less about what people think about you. Just good for you. Um, I think, uh, I think that's probably one of the negatives I've experienced. And then also now that I've, I've produced some of this stuff and I'm making money from it, sometimes there is that pressure to produce the feeling like I haven't put out a video. I filmed some stuff, but I, I, trying to look at my Instagram real quick to see the last time I put out a video I don't think I've put out a video since before New Year's so in the back of my head I do have that little nagging idea that I should be filming more content or I'm should be staying top of mind and that's not a pleasant feeling Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but if I'm going to try and live off of this then I do need to have some sort of drive to continue yeah consistency some sort of drive to continue producing content
1: what kind of anxiety would you say you felt from all the social Um, media-ness
0: well you said you're a perfectionist I I would say I am one as well to a degree there was one video I Uh, a part two that I haven't posted yet, but a part two to a video that I created and I wasn't really happy with it. And um, I had actually sent it away to the brand that I'm working with. And um, so I've got a few people that I I send videos to, to get their feedback, ask like, how can I improve it? One of them is my younger brother. Um, And so I, I, and, these few other people, I sent it to them and they were all telling me like, no, it's good. We think it's good. But just inside, I'm, I wasn't happy with it. And there is this, this, um, I wanted them. It would have made me feel, uh, got rid of the anxiety right away if they had said it's not good, but it was the difference between me not feeling like it was good. And them saying that it was good, that it was, I had this weird inner turmoil, so eventually I said, fuck it, you know what? I'm just gonna refilm this. And I'm a lot it turned out a lot better, but um that second refilming isn't what I sent to the brand. So I um I wasn't I wasn't happy about that. I, I there was a lot of inner turmoil, conflict going on.
1: Why would you say it created more anxiety that they liked it?
0: Because I didn't like it. I thought there were specific things where it wasn't good. And thought I could do better. Thought I could perfect it. And because they were telling me it was good, it was like, I, I knew they weren't gaslighting me. I knew they weren't like lying to me. But still, I knew what I felt. And there, it, it wasn't
1: matching up. Or saying it gave you anxiety because you knew that they wanted it. And you were like, I don't want you to want this. I want you to want what I want you to want (laughs)
0: yeah maybe something like that i want i wanted my i wanted to be validated i wanted someone to say you're right bo what you're feeling that this video isn't good is a valid feeling and no one was doing that everyone was like no it's a good video It's like no it's not it sucks and no one was telling me no one was telling me what i wanted to hear Mm.
1: what have you like put into place any social media weaning process or system to keep yourself healthy?
0: I do track my screen time. So I try and keep that low. I don't really have processes in place per se, but I do try and stay aware that it is just social media and um, not to be too hard. Uh, for uh, for example, the haven't put a vid- video out since before New Year's. Uh, yeah, I haven't, and I've got that little nagging thing in my mind. But also, I'm not really, I'm not hard on myself about it. So, mm. um, yeah, I just try and sort of like a, I try and keep a, the climbing videos lighthearted and funny. I just sort of try and um, treat social media the same way.
1: That's smart. Like one of the things you can do is wine, like wind down, which uh, makes your screen go gray, so it's not really appealing. Uh, and then I think also. I don't know if it's wind down or like, yeah, sleep ish mode. Um, But yeah, basically you can't do like audios and stuff and it kind of throws off the appeal, but then you can always deactivate it. So it's like, (laughs) you know, how much, you know, how much accountability can you have on it? Right. Yeah, I would, I would agree. It does create anxiety. It it puts you in the system of, you know, wasting some hours on, on that. And one of the beautiful things about Joe Rogan, you know, you ever hear him, I don't know if you listen to that podcast, but you ever hear him talk about post and ghost? So basically, you just throw your content up there, done. You then you close it. It's that's all you do. You don't look at the comments. You don't interact with the audience, which can be good, I know, for marketing. But you don't. You just out there. Amazing. It is like it or hate it, I don't care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't huh. and that's that, I think that's what I've tried to start to do and really trying to get going to do this in more than new years too is yeah, no need to look at it, just mm-hmm. you know, be a contributor, be a giver and hopefully your your thing grows and hopefully you know, like in my ambitions it's is get into like the, the cinematography of things and and yeah. creating uh films and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's like that's a good way to approach that. Is just throw it out there and to, you know evaluate it sometimes all right this didn't do so good i'll yeah. try to readjust but no need to look at it you know yeah. within the hour and see how it's doing you know yeah yeah because you know yeah, sometimes I, I, you, you ever post like great things and you're like and then there's no likes and you're like oh well whatever
0: yeah i think um the the dopamine rush you get when you post something and it's doing really well and all the comments are loving it that feels really good, but also at the same time, I recognize <laughs> that's addicting and you don't want to get addicted to that because then if something doesn't do well, then that addiction is going to set in and you're going to, um, you're not going to feel good about yourself mm-hmm. if you're addicted to that dopamine rush of getting likes and, and, um, comments and that, uh, external validation. Yeah, I, uh, I, I guess that's that's what I try and do um, some internal validation. If I'm happy with the video, I like what I did and um, I'm happy how it turned out. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, really pleased, extremely pleased when it does well. But if it doesn't, I mean, I'm still happy with the video and the work I did on it.
1: Well, sometimes it, it you got to understand it. it's just the algorithm of it, right? You didn't yeah. if, if you're not being smart about it, I suppose, if you're you, I don't care. I just post it whenever, but like there's times to post unfortunately. There's right. audiences to hit and different like time zones and whatever and sometimes the algorithms just don't pick it up. That doesn't mean whatever you put out there's not good or people don't care. It just, you know. And then the thing is it kind of, I think it always it's always exponential, right? So it could be pfft, positively exponential or negatively exponential. So if you posted the wrong time and not many people are seeing it, then the algorithm is just gonna escalate that as, oh, okay, this is not content that like people care about because nobody's really liking it. And then I think right. it's exponentially going down, but vice versa, if you post it at the right time, people are liking it, then it's just gonna, they're gonna throw it out there more for more viewership and then, then it's blowing up. So it's kinda, yes. it's kinda one of those weird things. Um, yeah, cause I got some great like photos sometimes and I'm like, oh, probably didn't post that at the right time or whatever, you know? Yeah. And then others where I'm like, that was a shit thing. <laughs> it blew up like, yeah. you know, so it, it's kind of interesting and you can't drive yourself crazy. It is.
0: Yeah. The, the fist pumping video, that was one I put up. And uh, if you had me rank my top 10 videos before posting them, uh, I don't think that would have broke the top 10, but it's by far the most popular one that I've put on any platform. And so it's it's just sort of, I mean, a lot of luck involved, a lot of that unknown algorithm pushing stuff to the top.
1: Some of my friends have mentioned that uh, younger folks that, you know, that they know, like high schoolers, the majority of them will post something and they will wait like an hour while I consistently look at it. And if it's not doing well, they'll pull it. It's like, oh. Like that just sounds like the most unhealthy thing you can do. It's first of all, a putting it out there and like, you probably worked on it. You know, you, you know, nowadays nobody posts something without like at least going through the Instagram filters. Right. You've worked on a little bit, wrote like something that's meaningful as far as a comment, maybe or something. And then you put it out that freaking maybe what 30 to sometimes hours. And then you put it out there and then it's not doing well. And you're going to just waste your time looking at it and then pulling it on top of that. Yeah. Seems like it's such an unhealthy thing to do.
0: Yeah, that's that, uh, that like dopamine rush addiction where if it's not coming, then you're gonna get rid of it, get rid of the video so that those negative feelings don't come in. But yeah, it is unhealthy if mm. you are so addicted, so maybe not even addicted, if you're so worried about how it's going to do and how, uh, that other people like it that you're going to remove it. Yeah, it just seems um, that's I think that's one of the biggest downsides of social media.
1: Yeah,
0: I haven't seen that new documentary yet. Um, I did.
1: Yeah, forget that I forget name. I
0: haven't watched that. I don't know if they talk about that on there, but
1: it's well, they talk about the intricacy of. Yeah, how it's really formatted in a way to suck you in. And yeah, it's pretty cool how they they display as like you have like three robots pretty much like monitoring you and everything that pops up on your phone, especially like if you're not using it, there's things there to re-engage you like notifications out, buzz you. Right. And even like Facebook stuff or something, it'll be like somebody that somehow the algorithm has figured out that you like or you have a crush on or something. It'll trigger you just by posting, that person has posted something. And sometimes it'll be about, like, it'll mention you. But it's not really relevant to you at all. It's just to get you back into your phone. Yeah. It's really crazy. Um, and that's the scary era that we're, like, living in, right? Yeah. you understand why some, some people have, like, flip phones still, right? Like, I'm sure you see that in the dirtbag communities, like, flip phone people. And you. <laughs> I have respect. I'm like, all right, good on you. I understand yeah. why you did that. And what, what is that like in the dirtbag community? Cause you're probably renowned, right? In, in a sense now in the climbing community, do you get people all the time where they're like, Oh, it's Bo from Instagram <laughs> or whatever.
0: This has been one of the most, what's the word? Not, not uncomfortable, not surprising, but like unique. One of the most unique things is getting recognized. Like on the trail, I was mid climb in Jackson on a sport route. And a girl came up and said, Hey, you're, you're Bo Martino. My boyfriend follows you. He's just too shy to say anything. And I was, I started cracking up because, like, it's just, I'm mid route and someone recognized me. And that was the first time it ever happened. So that was really shocking. I think it's, I don't think of myself as famous. It's kind of, it seems kind of, silly when it happens all I can do is laugh when it happens it's very humorous when it does with the dirt like the dirtbags I was hanging out with in Bishop I don't think any of them recognized me just like from face but then once we got to talking about ourselves and what we do and stuff some of them had seen my videos Mm. and I I was filming some stuff around there uh, on rest days so they like got some behind the scenes footage which is pretty funny of me doing 10 takes, trying to get one scene. Correct. <laughs> doing the same thing over and over again.
1: <laughs> and, and for people yeah. that don't care about like film or cinema or whatever, it could be annoying or they just see it as very humorous that that's something you're excited about. But that is the reality. Yeah. Anything that you see, there's likely been a couple takes, even photos, there's likely been multiple photos and you had to sort it out and organize it. Right. That is pretty, pretty funny. I've created a a climbing video with my partner, Cody there, and I'll be working on it soon. Big, big film, but you know, there's a, it's mostly unscripted. It's mostly like Mm -hmm. candid or whatever, but some, I was like, I want it to be like partially Hollywooded thing, right? It's a short, but like some of it's scripted and you know, just getting him to do simplistic lines. I'm like, dude, you understand what I'm going for? Like it's it's not that like complicated, and encouraging, yeah. but I'm like, dude, come on, man! It's one word. You just got to deliver. it Like I'm saying it. <laughs> you can't yeah. do it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. the art of directing, I suppose.
0: Yeah, some people I think are a little too shy or embarrassed or self conscious to to deliver the line. Um, I have no shame. I I'm, I'm making a fool of myself every single day that I'm doing this stuff around people. But if I need uh, another person to be in the video with me, sometimes you really got to encourage them to to let loose, get into it, so that uh, it comes out right. Because if you're uncomfortable delivering the line, it's you look a little uncomfortable on the screen.
1: Yeah, fair. I think it's pretty cool, man. I think you're like you're blown up to the point where like if I mentioned Trad Princess, do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah. So like most climbers know Trad Princess, and I think like you're well on your yeah. way to being like a contender in that realm because I think you're delivering something that's pretty unique and I think I think that's cool you'll probably be on the yeah. what's the other podcast that climbing podcast enormous cast um, yeah dude that's coming there's no way there's no way <laughs> we'll, i will so. send it over to. I, him. <laughs> yeah
0: please do I'd love that uh, oh. I will what I've come to terms with is I am never going to become I'm never going to be a top climber. I'm never going to be famous for my climbs or um, I'm not going to do any climbs that turn heads per se. But I got into climbing.com. I I got an article written about me in climbing.com because of my videos. Not because of my climbing, because of my videos. So if that's what it takes,
1: yeah, I'm going to run with it. Climbing.com wrote an article about you. What does it say?
0: The title is like, the funny, hilarious climbing videos of Bo Martino. And it's just talking about, it's a pretty short article, but it's just talking about the videos I've made and like my background and where I came from and how I got into doing this.
1: Hell yeah. Well, that's really cool. Check it out, people on climbing.com. What kind of tips or what kind of tricks have you learned as far as like expanding your audience size on TikTok and Instagram? Like what, aside from like the typical hashtags and shit, like did you find, do you have any like secret tips
0: Mm -hmm. nothing that you couldn't find on google no real secrets uh the the posting ghost that is not something i practice actually uh i post and stick around and try and answer every single comment for the first like i mean i'm not like on the app staring at it but for the first 20 minutes to an hour i'll pop in to try and answer the comments um if there are questions or, or just respond to the people there. And I think that hopefully helps build some sort of, I, I, I don't want to, I, I I'm just a person making videos and I hope that's how it's coming across by, by just communicating with them. And also I got to show appreciation. This is so, um, <sighs> surreal to me. So I do that. Um, I answer most of my DMs, um, just about all of them, I guess. Still trying to do the same thing, just come across as a person. Hashtags, but that's no secret. Mm. Yeah, nothing super cutting edge on that front. Mm.
1: One of my favorite videos of you that I just saw the other day was uh, the Fleetwood Mac, you know, cranberry juice repel one. So, like, you're doing yeah. the whole Fleetwood Mac thing um drink cranberry juice and it just looked like a commercial man that that was on your phone right that was on my phone yeah that thing was it looked like well lit and it almost looked like a blue screen background
0: yeah there were people that were like this is definitely a, a green screen i was like no this is black canyon of the gunnison
1: yeah no, I mean, I know green screen. And I like I, I could usually tell, especially like unless you're really yeah. good at green screening. I was like, I looked, I was like, at first I thought, oh, shit, that's too good. It's green screen. I was like, nope. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great, great video. I'll put that one out too. If, if you don't mind, yeah. I'll, I'll just share some of your content on here so people know like what we're talking about.
0: Not at all. I don't mind at all. Setting up that video was such a project because we're at Black Canyon, in the Gunnison, which is this super steep it's the third tallest wall in the lower 48. Uh, El Caps, some wall in Utah, and then Black Canyon of the Gunnison. And I knew the video I wanted to shoot, and my climbing partner, uh, his name is Lucas, he actually shoots a lot of my photos um, on my Instagram, or I post a lot of the photos he shoots. He's down with it. He, he doesn't mind filming for me, thankfully, because some people wouldn't be as on board with the antics I have in mind, but uh, so we're on the same page, but we needed some place to do a free hanging rappel with a good background uh, in order to get this shot. And so we ended up (laughs) setting up an anchor, like a five piece anchor on the tourist guardrail, one of the main posts um, with, with, a lot of backups because, I don't know, we were, we were just so like, this isn't a normal rappel. Even though it was no more dangerous than wrapping off anything normally, we just, there was just some other element involved that made it kind of nerve wracking. So we, we wrap off, we both wrap off this guardrail. And um, we're, we're like on top of each other because you've got the two strands of rope. I'm on one. He's on the other. So it's a single rope um, rappel. Uh, we're both backed up, of course. Um, and we've got knots in the end. So all safe. But we're like on top of each other. And he has to like swing over um, uh, to a rock to get on to it to film me. We get into position. Finally, I drop through. Thankfully, it was only one take. And then that was my first experience setting up uh, two prusics oh, to yeah. ascend the rope. And I'm so glad we did that in one take because it was, again, no dangerous than any other rappel I've done, but my heart was beating harder than, than anything. I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Something about being on a man-made object versus the rock that you usually use. Well, it's yeah. new and you're like, how good was this welder? how dedicated was he in securing this post or fence into whatever ground it's in you know that's cool yeah
0: it was like a a three-piece anchor off of that post and then we had two backups we also tied off the rope at the top so let's say his strand broke and he fell my strand uh, um would have still been secure not like a, a a typical tandem rappel where yeah, one person yeah. unweights the rope the other person falls so we we put in every freaking safety measure we could ascending i think i had four prusiks on the rope because i was using two to ascend but then i also had one in place from my rappel down from like sliding down the rope
1: yeah, <laughs> I was not moving <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pressing ascending a rope with pressing. So pressing for those tuning in. It's so it's a tiny rope wrapped around the main climbing rope. And the fact that you're creating friction allows you usually in one direction, you can move it. If you squeeze it, you can move it up the rope. And then but once you pull on like the loop, that's it's hard to explain, but the, the rope, the tiny rope is wrapped around and there's a little loop. Once you pull down on that, then it allows you to like stay on the rope and, and basically Ascend the rope. It's it's like it's basically catching in the rope. It's squeezing it. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I had to use that. Like didn't have like the aid devices to actually do it. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And personally, like one of my favorite videos of yours is, and you you labeled it differently. One on TikTok. I think it was funnier. Your caption on TikTok. Personally, when there's a 10R pitch coming up, and it's basically (laughs) the the voiceover of somebody going like your partner goes like it's your lead. So 10R. Yeah non-climbers 10 R means it's very dangerous. There's a risk of death. So pretty hard. And uh, yeah, your partner goes, it's yeah. your lead. And then it's the voiceover, you you go on like. You don't have to, if you don't want to. Wiz. I don't want to.
0: Yeah, I don't want to. All right, I'm gonna do it, I ain't no bitch. Yeah, so that's a Wiz Khalifa audio. It was, um I think it was like a, um, a hot sauce, or it might've been a Hot Ones. You know that that oh, yeah, where yeah, they yeah, yeah. eat the wings? It was something like that where he didn't want to do something and um, the audio is, I don't want to
1: do it. No, it goes um, like, you don't have to do it. You don't have to oh, do yeah. it if you, want, if you <laughs> don't want to. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it. Let's run the script right now. So it's so your climbing partner goes, it's your lead. And then the voice goes, your climbing partner goes, you don't have to do it. You, I mean, you don't have to do it if you don't want to.
0: I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to fuck it. I'll do it. I ain't no bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so good. I, it's so, right, fuck it, I'll yeah. do it. I
0: ain't no Bitch. <laughs> I love yeah. it. When you like walk out of the screen. I fucking love it. Yeah. That was my
1: favorite for sure.
0: But it it it, it, it is that feeling you're like, Ugh, I don't want to do it. You don't have to. If you don't want to, I don't want to. All right. I'm going to do it. Fuck it. I ain't no bitch. <laughs> That's
1: exactly it's just, every it, 10 R have done in my life. It's been yeah. exactly that. <laughs> yeah. It, that it, every time. Yeah yeah buddy um so what uh moving forward what are your your goals like what's what's the what's the dream is it to be able to be fully financially secured by creating content? I think so I think that's
0: the the first stepping stone I think I'd like to branch out from there to producing videos for other people editing videos for other people. I don't think my sole source of income will be content creating. I think um, I want other sticks in the fire, Rod's in the fire, other things that I'm working on. But I, I would like that to be a major source of income. I'm having a lot of fun doing it. It's easy to say now because I've had a lot of success in such short time and not really much adversity. I don't think it will always be like that. I think um, it it will get harder at some point probably, but right now I'm having a lot of fun, so.
1: Are you hoping like to down the road to get like a van? Would that be also a bigger goal? Yeah, I'd like that. Uh, a
0: van or did you see that new, the new Toyota Tacoma? This company just released a big truck van thing. Yeah, something bigger than a, than a Forster Subaru. Subaru yeah. Forrester.
1: Well, you know, you got 13,000 followers, a couple grand on my platform here. So whoever's tuning in on this, who has tuned in this far, which I'm sure is not that many at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out to, is it C. Bo Martino on, on Instagram? I'll put it up on YouTube. Yeah, too.
0: both Instagram and TikTok. But uh, yeah, Instagram would be the route to go. C-B-E-A-U-M-A-R-T-I-N-O.
1: C. Yep. C- yep. Bo Martino. And I'll put it in the link of the podcast. If you're on Spotify, you can click that. If you're on Apple Podcasts, go fuck yourself. But you you, you <laughs> can look it up. C. Bo Martino. Um, and yeah, if you're if you're balling in cash and you just love his content, then you know, throw them some dough, a little Venmo, <laughs> you yeah. know, sponsor them, Dude, that's the thing. Like, I feel like if you're killing it, like, I think this is mostly for the, the hotties on Instagram. But if you're killing it with like a lot of followers, I think you could just I think that happens a lot. Like you get some kind of somebody from Saudi Arabia just sponsoring you. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. I'm uh, open to sponsorships. Great. So Black Diamond, although uh, those brands don't pay you that much, to be fair. That's not true. They pay a lot sponsor me too um <laughs> <laughs> yeah so reach out to see bo Martino. i'll put the links there and uh yeah help him expand his dream and uh anything you yeah. want to say to your fans before we tune out yeah i've
0: got a new tagline i'm working on um can't claim that i came up with it but i do really like it it's stay positive test negative
1: nice That's pretty cool. That's gonna be your subtitle. (laughs) No, I think I
0: think I need to create my own tagline. Um, I just saw this on a video. Um, A ref is about to drop a hockey puck to um, to the two people facing off, and he says, "Stay positive." Something like, "Be positive, stay positive, test negative." That's very cool. I like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, buddy. Cool. Hey, thanks so much for coming on, man.
0: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
1: That was uh, Bo Matsuno. You can follow him on CBO I'll put the link wherever. Go check him out. Very cool, dude. If you haven't already, leave a rating review on the Apple Podcast. Help this bitch grow. And if you're listening to this show off of the Rescue Swimmer Mindset Podcast as a sub-series, just know it's going to be its own series very soon. So for the love of God, just go and follow that. and. Listen to it individually on the Wilder Podcasts on all the platforms and whatnot. More survival stories and just atrocious wilderness entertainment to come. Wilder Podcast, Vinnie Two Crocs, Audi.